hi, hi. I am so glad you've joined me again for another episode of This Is Good For You, where I share all the things that make me feel good and talk to experts and hobbyists and whoever else I want to talk to about those same things so we can all feel good about something. You know, it's okay not to feel okay, but what if we gave ourselves permission to relish in all the good parts of our lives? In middle school, which is fifth and sixth grade, or at least it was fifth and sixth grade when I was coming up. So I was around 10 and 11. I played the clarinet. I do not know why. You know, my mom, she was really good at indulging most of my kid hobbies, you know, if we could afford it or whatever. So she bought a clarinet for me when I told her that that's what I wanted to play. And, you know, she got it used from somebody that she worked with whose son also used to play clarinet before he abandoned it. So it was kind of like a secondhand of a secondhand pass down kind of thing. But anyway, so I took clarinet and... My teacher sucked. We hated him. The whole class hated him. He was just really mean to us. He talked down to us. He would tell us how stupid we were and like actually call us stupid. And it got to a point that we had to report him. We reported him to our principal and, you know, they had teachers come in and sit with the class. And my mom came and sit with the class. And of course, he was perfect that day that everybody came to observe him. And it was so fucking phony. Like we were all, all the students were looking at each other like, what the hell is this? But of course, he was fine. He didn't get fired or anything. And we had to suffer through him for the rest of the year. And I was just like, okay, fuck the clarinet, fuck music. I don't want to deal with this if all the teachers are going to be assholes like this. So whatever. But I think I would have been a musician if my band teacher had not been such an asshole. I like writing song lyrics. I like writing poetry that could be transitioned into song lyrics. And I did write a song for my college boyfriend. And, you know, he put it on his little album that he had with his group of rapper friends. (laughs) I don't think I ever got any money off of it. If I did, it went to the wrong address and who knows where it is now. But it was a song called Scratches. And it was about a woman who, she was meeting up with her little boo thing and saw that he had scratches on his back that were not from her. And so she was like trying to figure out what the deal was with the scratches. And my boyfriend at the time was a DJ. So he would be like in the background scratching, you know, on the turntables. You get it? Scratching, scratches on the back. Okay. So I think at some point I could see myself going back to writing song lyrics. As a matter of fact, one time I got really, really high, like two years ago, and I wrote lyrics to a country music song. Hold on. <laughs> I still have them. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Oh, this is cute. <clears throat> I named it Come On Home Baby. <laughs> this is terrible. I'm just going to give you the first verse. Okay. I cannot sing, so I'm not going to sing it to you. But, okay. <laughs> Had a little whiskey and I want to flirt with you, but you're off pouting and baby, that ain't cute. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, look, it's just the Nashville in me. I just it's all the country music, all that I grew up with. But whatever. I think it actually could end up being a good country music song. So if anybody out there wants to holler at me, go for it. So I don't, (laughs) I would not call myself a musician at all. I don't understand it. I'm fascinated with it. I love it so much. And, you know, when I listen to music, it really helps me, like, bring my mood into focus. Like, if I'm feeling weird and I don't know what's going on with me, if I'm just, like, really out of sorts, I'll put on some music and it's like, oh, I'm sad. Or, oh, I'm horny. Or, oh, I'm feeling good. Or, 
oh, I just need to fucking clean up. Let me put on the music that my mom and them used to listen to and I can groove out and clean up the house. Music is just, I don't know, like I can't go a day without listening to music. I have a playlist that I call The Honey Pot, which is what I listen to when I want to remember I'm a bad bitch. So it's got like Megan Thee Stallion and some Flo Millie. It's got Milkshake by Khalees on it, like all of that kind of stuff. Like that's what I'm listening to. I also have a playlist called Two Backs, as in the beast with two backs. When I'm, you know, getting ready to, uh, you know, have a dick appointment, that's what I listen to. So, no, I don't play music anymore. I don't know if I'll ever really pick up an instrument again, although sometimes I think about it. But I like being inspired by music. And if you want me to make a playlist for you, you can become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash thisisgoodpod. Now, I know all the ways that music makes me feel. But how do musicians feel about the music that they create? I reached out to a couple of people to ask them just that. Connell Thompson is a saxophone player who gets a lot of attention for his Afrobeat covers and busking in the subways back when that was a thing. And I talked to my friend, Drea Donna Rowland, who is learning how to play bass, and she is amazing. My name is Connell Thompson. I go by Connell Thompson Sachs on Instagram and on my online accounts. And I am just that. I'm a saxophone player. And I do a range of styles, everything from jazz to Balkan music to R&B and hip hop. And lately, I've been kind of focusing on the Afrobeats and a little bit of uh, Haitian compa music as well. When did you start playing professionally? Like, what was your first paying gig? That's a great question. Um, I think I had a couple paying gigs in high school. Yeah, I remember, like, there was a, we played at some cafe. I think we might have made, like, 20 bucks a man or something like that um, in tips. And I played with a community big band that paid. And then when I went to college, I would get a little bit of side work here and there. And then uh, eventually busking was kind of where I made a lot of my bread and butter for a while. Yeah, that's how I discovered you. A friend of mine saw you playing in the subway and she posted the video and tagged you. And I was like, who is this redheaded white boy playing Afrobeat in the subway? Because it just doesn't make sense. I don't understand what I'm looking at. And (laughs) (laughs) And so it's a mind trip. Um, So I started following you on Instagram and seeing that you were posting a lot of different hip hop covers, R&B covers. You were going into like dance studios and performing with dancers. So how did you get from where you are, like a a band nerd, I guess you could say, to playing Afrobeat to grinding on women doing splits for videos? (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because it looks like a crazy line that doesn't follow any which way. But I think the the common thread was always just like high energy. I love high energy events and everything, right? Ska music back when I was a kid, that was like, for what I got introduced to was the only thing I knew that was like high energy and dancing, moshing around. That was what people did. And then even Balkan music, there was a dance culture to it. So I've always like gravitated towards dance music. and. When I was playing in the subways, I got a tip from 
from another musician in the street who was telling me, oh, bring a speaker, go on down, start doing that. And from that work, then I started getting booked for like weddings. And that was where I first started like saying that like people were down to grind and dance and stuff and, and same in the subways. And then eventually I got hired and requested to do a couple of Afrobeat songs for a wedding for uh, a man from Cameroon and his a lovely bride from uh, Nigeria. And then once I started doing that in the subway, that kind of opened my whole world up to then I started looking up at the artists and then looking at the the dance scene and the community there. And I decided, I was like, you know, I really want to start learning a couple moves and collaborating with, with these dancers because like that's where the energy is at, you know, almost even more than the music. Okay, so you're from New Hampshire. You're a tall white guy very very ginger like very redhead and you are in new york and then sometimes you get invited to nigeria and you are playing in these west african weddings some caribbean weddings or other special events birthdays and things like that how have you been welcomed into that environment that is obviously much different than what you were probably raised in it's been (laughs) overwhelmingly amazing and positive vibe. Usually when I walk into a room, people kind of be looking a little bit if they don't know who I am. There's never a a vibe of hostility or any kind of that, but like, just like, who who is this guy? Like, why is he showing up here all of a sudden? Right. Cause there's there's numerous times where I'm like the only white guy in the room or one of very few. Then once I like get the horn out and start playing, then people will be like, oh, shoot, like, what? I was not expecting that from you. Like, you know, the music, you did a really good job. Thank you so much. So usually the horn and the performance brings out, like, you know, the connections really start happening. Right. And especially in West African weddings, they like to throw money. So have you ever experienced that where they're throwing money at you because you've done such an amazing job? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they'll throw money and... Sometimes I'll even get it, you know, because <laughs> sometimes the funniest part is when they'll be spraying money and they'll be going around and I'm like in the middle of performing and playing a song and somebody like usually a guy will be like, oh, there's money on the floor for you. It's like, sir, I'm performing right now. I can't really just stop and pick up a dollar bill. Like, it's not going to be a good look. <laughs> <laughs> Does it ever get stuck in the horn? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be like coming to a next gig or, or I'll be practicing. I'll be like, man, the horn feels like weird and I'll shake it upside down and a dollar or two comes out. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Some confetti sometimes, depending on where, like if I did a New Year's gig or whatever. Like, So at what point did playing sax start to feel good to you? Like it was no longer, this is a result of all the practice and I played the song. When did it get to a point where you you kind of lost yourself in the music and you recognized that everyone else was vibing with you? (laughs) It it comes in waves, you know, oftentimes it has to do with how much I've practiced and how, how much I know the material. Cause if I, if I know the song, if it's a song that I've played a lot and that I'm confident on right now that I don't have to think about it, that's when I can go out and interact with the crowd and I can be looser with the melody. What does it feel like when you look out into the crowd and you see that everybody is on the floor, they're hyping you up? It's crazy to me. I love, I'm so grateful. And, you know, in that moment, I'm trying to just look for who, you know, is really 
giving the most energy and vibing and then reciprocate with them and enjoy this moment together. So, you know, making eye contact or trying to follow the dance. Those are the kind of thoughts that go through my head. But the most common one always is grateful feeling for being, you know, welcomed into this room and into this community that as a kid growing up in New Hampshire, my kid listened to Scott music, never thought that I would be like a part of something so fun and, and awesome to be a part of. Yeah. yeah. So if you could narrow it down to two things, what is the best part of playing a saxophone? I would say the sound of the instrument for me. Like, I just love the tone. So being able to like blow and, and make that sound is incredible. And then outside of that, the women. Probably the probably women <laughs> dancing up on me. Yeah, definitely. The women. You are For precious. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would never have thought saxophone would be a an important instrument in flirting and dating, but I never thought so too either, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So can you tell us where we can find you on the internet? How can we book you if we want to find you? Okay. Yeah, you can reach out on Instagram. I am Connell Thompson Sachs. That's C-O-N-N-E-L-L-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N-S-A-X. Connell Thompson Sachs. You can also look me up on uh, YouTube there. I have uh, music videos and some, some concert footage. If you're really interested, if you want to just book me right now, then book Connell Thompson at <laughs> gmail.com. Book Connell Thompson at gmail.com. Slots available. I do have antibodies I found out this week. So, uh, you know, ready to roll. This episode is sponsored by Dipsy. Spring is on the horizon, a time when the world opens up and blooms. Why not give yourself more? More pleasure, more rest, more time to connect with yourself and your body. Get in the habit with Dipsy. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each Dipsy story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios, so you feel like you're right there. You can find stories about a surprising and unexpected hookup, a costume party that takes things to the next level, or maybe a story where you and your partner try something completely and totally new. They release new stories every week, so there's always more to explore, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. Dipsy also has wellness sessions to help you learn more about yourself and bedtime stories and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. And for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash thisisgood. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash thisisgood. One more time, that's dipsystories.com slash thisisgood. This episode is also sponsored by Skillshare. The online learning community is offering our listeners a free trial of premium membership. No matter what 2021 brings, you can spend it creating something meaningful with Skillshare's online classes because time is what we make of it. 
There are so many fascinating classes on Skillshare. Topics like illustration, design, photography, animation, productivity, and more. I love the fundamentals of DSLR photography class because it really helped me figure out the basics about this hobby that I've been learning for like 15 years and I just never took the time. And now I know all the terms I need to know. With Skillshare, you can find inspiration in the moment and learn how to express your creativity. Skillshare offers classes designed for real life so you can move your creative journey forward without putting life on hold. Their short classes are a perfect fit for your busy routine. You'll create real projects and get the support of fellow creatives so you can accomplish real growth. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash This Is Good, where our listeners get a free trial of premium membership. That's two weeks free at Skillshare.com slash This Is Good. Hi, I am Drea Donna Rollins. I'm a writer, producer, freelancer, figuring it out type person like everybody else. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Drea. (laughs) Hello, Nicole. I miss you. I haven't seen you in forever. I know. I miss you too, friend. Yeah. You've been in LA for three months now and we had a couple of Zoom happy hours or we've seen each other, but... Yeah, but it's not the same. It is not the same. I really want to go out drinking and just like being ridiculous and goofy. (laughs) Yes to all of that. (laughs) I'm so tempted to tell you about my boy problems, but this is not the time. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) We will get to that at some point uh, when we are not recording. But tell me, what music have you been listening to lately? Like what's been getting you through the day? Oh, I love that question. I'm having a hard time like listening to albums. I think maybe I haven't found any that are that great. But what I love to listen to are DJ mixes. So I love finding like a DJ on SoundCloud or on Twitch and just hearing them like just put combinations together that I hadn't heard in that way or just kind of hearing, you know, new songs through them. And it kind of gives me like that feeling like I'm not like at a party, but like, you know, it's more interactive than just listening to Spotify. So like, you know, even like D nights, this, you know, going online to the Instagram lives and watching the DJs do that, like live when they're mixing, like, I don't know, it's like giving me a little bit of like normalcy. I love live music so much. I like, I used to go to like, um, the Philharmonic, you know, just to hear like people playing live instruments and you feel the music is a vibration. So, you know, there's something inherently, um, energetic about it. And so it's going to affect your mood. It's going to, you're going to feel the vibration even physically when you strum the strings, you know, there's just an energy around making music and live music in particular that it's just healing for me and energizing. Yeah, absolutely. I need to listen to more stuff like that. I need to be in my bag. I'm feeling a little sadder these days Mm. than I would like to admit. Mm -hmm. Is it like the typical pandemic sadness? Is there some more layers to it? How are you looking to music to help with that? It's everything. It's everything. I guess we're coming up on a year of this. And I really was like proud of myself. I'm like, I'm I'm doing this. I'm coping. I am making the most of it. Even moving to a new city and starting over in the midst of this like was energizing and exciting. But I think Valentine's Day really kicked my ass. 
So uh, no love songs for me. One thing I've learned about depression and about sadness, one thing that works for me is finding a way to make myself proud again. Mm. So usually that's by being curious about something. It's trying something new, whether it's like a recipe or I was in the mirror for like two hours trying to put this wig on, girl. <laughs> trying to, <laughs> you know, just trying to find ways to excite myself and to make myself proud. Yeah. So one of the things that I love about you that I'm always like, this is why I fuck with Drea, is because when you are curious about something, you go for it. And I remember we came over to your house one time and it was a fucking bass guitar sitting, leaning up against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> of your apartment and we were like Drea you know how to play bass and you were like I'm learning <laughs> like what you didn't tell us what is going on so talk to me about learning bass learning bass well it is one of those things I've always loved the bass even from like being in church like if I could feel myself drifting off and then I'll hear the bass line and I'm like okay I'm back here now mm -hmm. or just you know growing up in the 90s like a lot of music had really dope bass lines like Tony, 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 or then you get to like the Neo Soul, Erykah Badu, D'Angelo. My dad's taste in music, I think, is what really influenced me. So he was like smooth jazz, Sade, Incognito, the brand new heavies. Incognito. Oh, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Yeah. Oh, and then, like I said, with the Neo Soul came in so heavy in our household. So we was listening to Badu all the time. And even just think about her first single, On and On, like it opens with just like the strongest baseline and that's what's making you nod your head like that's what's drawing you in so I just always my ear was just always drawn to the bass and like I have been telling myself that every year you know how you make your new year's resolutions I'm gonna learn the bass I'm gonna learn that bass and then that day when y'all came over it really was just I was like fuck it I went to a pawn shop and I walked in that bitch and I was like <laughs> what you got for like $200, and they were like, <laughs> but we found something. Um, it's an acoustic bass. So he was like, you know, you won't need an amplifier. You won't bother your neighbors. And I was like, well, this is perfect because I live in an apartment. You know, it was just time to go ahead and commit and, and do it because I was always drawn to it. And when you feel something calling you like that, like, it's for a reason. Yeah, I feel that. I think also one thing that draws me to the bass is because I'm like, Okay, think about bass players, right? Mm -hmm. They're usually the cool people in the back minding their business. Like, <laughs> that's my personality. The bass brings the song together. The bass, along with the drums, that's setting the, the rhythm, the tempo, right? That's bringing the cohesion, and everybody else is building off of that. So you got to be the kind of person who, like I am, writer, producer, proofreader. You don't mind not being in the spotlight because you know that what you're bringing adds value. So how are you learning how to play bass? Were you just going online? Did you get a teacher or is it both? I keep trying to do the online thing, but that's not my thing. I am not a YouTube, pick it up, do it yourself type of person. I've learned this. I need a teacher. I need a class if possible. Like I need that accountability. So at first I had a teacher, but he was actually like a working musician. So he'd be like, I got a show. I'm traveling to Germany for a month. So, <laughs> so my lessons weren't consistent. So I was like, okay, good for you, babes, but I need consistency. So then I tried to do like virtual lessons, a lady on Twitter. I was like a black lady. Oh, perfect. And I was like, nope, this ain't good either. I need you in my face. I need you to fix my fingers. I need you to, you know what I mean? Like I kind of, I really need that classroom thing. So I kind of was like, 
uh, inconsistent with it, right? And then there's this bassist named Nick West. She's just a badass. She's like, she calls herself like a unicorn. Purple is her favorite color. I think she might have played for Prince. And like last year, she like released this chorus called Bass Domination. And I was like, boom, we about to do it. We about to dominate this bass. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that is how I'm learning bass right now. I am taking like a, a online, like a masterclass workshop kind of thing. And she has different chapters and she's like, I'm going to walk you through step by step exactly what you need to know. And I'm doing it, you know, at my own pace, which is cool. So yeah, I, I, I sit on my couch, turn on the courses and I just, you know, I'd be trying to make some noise. <laughs> <laughs> when you're learning bass though, does that help you distract from those depressive moments, those sad moments? Do you feel like you're able to work through those moments when you just kind of sit with the bass and are focused on the lessons? Yeah, you know, it goes back to that thing of just like making yourself proud. So, you know, you can listen to music, but it's a whole different experience when you actually like make it. And even just playing the scales, the scales are so simple. Yes, I'm talking about the sound of music, do, re, mi, fa, so, lots. But when you make it yourself, you be like, I made music. (laughs) (laughs) It just gives you like a little boost, just the most rudimentary things, because it's like, you know, you're, you're accomplishing something. Yeah. So that is... Uh, the thrill of it for me. Yeah. Was it hard to train your fingers to do two different things at the same time? It's still hard. My base is too big for me. I'm five one. My base is probably tall as I am. So <laughs> <laughs> I need to get a smaller one that is like more fitted for me so that it can be easier to maneuver um, because that is difficult. It's difficult to do two things at once, but more so it's because the neck on the guitar is so long. So if your arm span isn't that wide and you're trying to get from here to there and like, it could be a lot. So um, I even do like little hand exercises during the day. Like you might see me just like stretching my fingers for no reason. It's like, you know, I'm trying to get limber so I can hit those notes, travel up and down the guitar. <laughs> so it has become like a part of your life now. Yeah. So one thing I do too, you know, you mentioned that I just kind of, you know, when I'm curious about something, I figure it out. I put time on my calendar, just like I do if I was, you know, had an, an interview or had a, an appointment with somebody else. I schedule time with myself to play the bass on a regular basis. Sometimes, you know, Corona be Corona in and you don't feel like (laughs) (laughs) keeping those commitments. But for the most part, it's very helpful for me to treat it like just that series, like a doctor's appointment, like any other thing that I would need to schedule to take care of myself because it's good for me. No pun intended. Yay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, but I think that's really important that we have to recognize that giving time to ourselves is also worthy of being on our calendar. And it's not just about the doctor's appointments, the work appointments, you know, we can take time to make appointments with ourselves. And like, as long as we stick to it and go for it, then we can like really take care of ourselves and boost ourselves up in a time of need. Yeah. And I'm going to try to find like one-to-one lessons because even that too was exciting to know that my teacher was coming over and I had to have my homework done and, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, when this is, things are a little more normal out here in LA, you know, try to find a class. Even if I'm like the 35 year old in there with a bunch of kids, like <laughs> this is <laughs> important to me. So I want to get good at it. And not even, I don't even necessarily need to get good enough to do a show or to play backup for somebody. I just, want to accomplish this, you know? I want to satisfy whatever it is that has drawn me to this instrument for so long. Mm. 
Is there a particular song that you definitely want to learn how to play? Yes. Oh, man. So, uh, Badu on and on is one. But a more recent one is Miguel. Miguel is my favorite artist, if y'all don't know. He's everything. (laughs) But he got the song called How Many Drinks, right? Oh, yeah. uh Uh-huh. That song, like, just the instrumental is so dope. And it's like, I ain't gonna hum it for y'all because you don't need that torture. But... It's just so, like, when I hear it, I just be thinking, like, it's my song. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's just something about that bass on that song. I'm like, I got to learn how to do this, even if I just played it in my living room for me. Why do you think it's so important for you to accomplish this? Like, what kind of feeling will it bring into your life? What kind of moment will it bring for you? Oh, man. I, um, <sighs> so I was telling a friend this recently. And I was talking about being single because... Obviously, that's the thing for today. <laughs> and um, I was like, yo, this is not Detroit where, you know, all you got to do is have on a nice outfit and people going to holler at you. I was like, L.A., New York. I was like, you got to be talented. You got to have hobbies, interests, be an entrepreneur, or be a CEO. And I was just like, I feel like I don't have enough hobbies and stuff. Like, I was like, I feel like I could make myself more interesting. And this might be shallow. It might be superficial, but it is the actual answer. I do. One part of me is like, I want to be multifaceted. Like, I want to be somebody that other people find interesting. And chicks who play instruments are interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, at first I'm going to be like, Madria, you are interesting because you are multifaceted without playing bass because you are a writer, copywriter, editor producer like you are just like this jack of all trades or a jackie of all media trades you have a lot of talent already but I I kind of understand what you mean because my skill my talent is a writer but if I say that at a party I'm not about to bust out with a poem you know like I can't just read you an article off the top of my head people want a talent that they can see that they can like something that's immediate. So I completely understand where you're coming from, where you want to be able to say, oh, I can do this. And then, you know, someone's like, oh, well, here's a base. Do something for us right now. You know, you know, know, I think my hobbies are, and thank you for that. That's very affirming. But, you know, we all have those moments where those things don't feel like enough. And a lot of my hobbies are centered around writing and reading and I'd be like, but what do I do? What do I make? What do I create? And so part of making music is like trying to satisfy that. Like, what do I make? Mm-hmm. Don't you hate when you start a job and they be like, what's your secret talent? <laughs> well, <laughs> I fucking hate that question. <laughs> and then I was like, well, bitch, just get some more talent. <laughs> no, I mean. I started this podcast because I was like, what am I doing just for myself? What is the thing that I am doing just to make for myself? And then I ended up making a podcast out of it. So I maybe I just kind of like <laughs> shot myself in the foot with it. But still, I like being able to share the things that make me feel good. And I like for people to tell me what makes them feel good. And so that's why we are here. And you learning how to play bass is making you feel good, even if it's not in the exact way that you want it to be happening right now, it's still something that you are taking on for yourself. I think you're telling yourself that you're doing this because you want to have this like visible or easily accessible talent. But I really think that it's for you because you've been talking about your love of bass that you've had all your life. So it's still, it's still for you. 
And even if you get to show it off a little bit at some point, it's still yours. I love that. It's still mine. Awesome. If I had one other thing to say about learning to play the bass, it is something very freeing about it. Yeah, you're being in a world of your own. It's like a self-sustaining kind of thing. And so even if you're sharing it with people, it is very like, it's for you. And so there's freedom in that. This was really good. (laughs) Drea, tell me where my audience can find you. Where are you online? Are you working on any projects right now that you can tell us about? All righty. Y'all can find me online at Dree TV. That's D-R-E-E-T-V on Twitter and Instagram. If you have resources that, you know, helps you, if you play an instrument, like send them to me, DM me, tweet me. As far as what I'm working on, I'm trying to just get back in a creative groove. So, you know, follow me and y'all see what I got when I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> Thank you, Drea. This was good for me. Thank you. (laughs) And now let's talk about indulgences. Indulgences used to be the cost that you pay to avoid purgatory or punishments for sin. But today we use indulgences as a way to feel good with no shame. Some of my close friends know this. And, you know, I once wrote about this in an essay, so maybe not so many of my close friends know this as well. But I love any kind of smell good thing, except I don't really like perfume that much. You know, it's fine. It just never hits my nose. Right. So I tend to indulge (laughs) with scented body butters. I'm killing two birds with one stone here. I want to smell good and I want to stay moisturized because I do not allow ash. I do not allow dry skin. Please don't be flaky in my house. I'm not going to say it's gross because, you know, some people have skin conditions and I understand because I too have eczema. That's the thing. I have eczema. So I have to make sure that my body stays moisturized. So I am just like slathered down all the time. I just I need it in my life. And like right now, you know, I'm not really being touched the way I want to be touched. So I have to touch myself in the way that I like being touched. And I feel like moisturizing, putting on lotion, putting on body butters, that's a really good way to pamper myself and keep the blood circulating in my body. So today's indulgences are two places that I go to in order to get those body butters, those moisturizing oils that I slather on and make me smell really good and keep me, you know, supple. The first site I want to recommend is Butter Me Up Goods. That's buttermeupgoods.com. It's a small business, so you might need to be patient about shipping delays, but it is worth the wait. Everything that I have smelled is incredible. I highly recommend that you place an order if you can, because they just have such good quality body butters. And that's pretty much the only thing that I've tried from them. So I can't speak to everything else that they have, but they do have like creams and candles and room sprays and bath salts and bath soaks and stuff like that. So just go check it out, see what you like. But the scents are in different categories, like earthy slash masculine, floral, fruity stuff and warm decadent. I'm not going to tell you my most favorite scent because that is my top secret weapon when date nights start happening again. And I'm like, okay, you have won the prize. You're going to get some. And then, you know, he can smell me. I'm not going to tell you that scent. But I do like stuff from the floral and fruity category. I like there's Hawaiian hibiscus, which makes me smell like 
I don't know, like this tropical goddess. And then there's Barry Merlot that smells like, I don't know, like grape fun dip, like, you know, grape Kool-Aid, but like it's really sweet and just, I really like that scent. And then I tried to move into warm, decadent scents because I do tend to stick with floral and fruity stuff. I like to smell edible, but the warm and decadent has stuff like, you know, chocolate, vanilla scents. There's some toffee in there, I think. There's like a green apple kind of scent in there. Anyway, go check them out. You'll see what it's all about. I really enjoy them. The second place that I usually go for scents is called Jinsa Essentials. That's J-I-N-S-A Essentials.com. I've only used their moisturizing oils that I use during the summer and put them on on top of my lighter lotions just to add like a sweet layer of scent to me. So the oils have a very light feel. They absorb quickly, but the scent is really strong. You don't need a lot. So you don't need to go crazy with it at all. Some of the scents that I like are like honey and shea, pomegranate. There's also a coconut vanilla shea that I haven't used, but my friends really like. And again, I'm not going to tell you the actual signature scent that I use from them because I don't want y'all using up all my shit. But I like to go in and buy in bulk. So I recommend you do that too. Just go in, find the scent that you like, and then buy a lot all at once so you can have your own little supply in case of emergencies. Now, even if you don't find anything at these sites or you're all about the unscented lotion, which Butter Me Up Goods does have, they do have some unscented products for you to try if you're not really into scents at all or if you're allergic to scents. I still say you need to treat yourself with a good old-fashioned pamper session and lotion yourself right on up. Take a good shower, take a good bath, whatever it is that you do, and then rub yourself down with some scented, soft stuff that's real like buttery smooth, Rub yourself down with that and then just lay still for five minutes if you can. That's it. Just five minutes. Let the lotion absorb into your skin. Just sit there smelling yourself and realize how good you smell, how good you feel. This has been your indulgence for the day. You have been absolved. This is Good For You is hosted by me, Nicole Perkins, and produced by Multitude. Our lead producer is Eric Silver. Our editor is Brandon Grugel. And our executive producers are Amanda McLaughlin and me. Our theme was created by Don Will. And our art is by Jessica E. Boyd. You can follow the show at This Is Good Pod. And you can follow me at Tennessee Whiskey Woman. That's T-N, whiskey with an E, woman. And a huge thank you to everyone who supports the show on Patreon. To get exclusive rewards like stickers, monthly playlists curated by me, and even custom drabbles written just for you, join us for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com slash thisisgoodpod. This was good for me. Was it good for you?